Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Master as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 522, which will not be a festering pit of self-interest currently ripping itself apart in a fruitless, fruitless war. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How goes it? <laughs> Pretty good. How about you guys? You guys it goes. Did you guys do anything fun this week? Or this I'm last, last three Kenobi. weeks? <laughs> Sorry, what was that again? Oh, I'm all caught up on Kenobi or ah, Obi Wan Kenobi. I wish I could As say I were. I wish I could say I were. Um, we wish you could say that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have watched the first two episodes. What are your thoughts of the first two episodes? Um, I thought the first one was a tad slow, but really, really interesting and a good setup for the for the season. Um, I think it does a really good job of catching us up and seeing where we're at, where where we're at this point. Uh, the Second one, I think I liked a little bit better, but I think part of that's because there's a lot more action to it. There's a lot; it feels a little more Star Warsy. Um, we get away from Tatooine, um, and we actually get you know a little action. I like um, I like the little girl that's uh, Leia, uh, despite what some people in the community are saying, and I think she's doing a fantastic job. And what are some people saying? It, well, there's a lot of people that are complaining that she's not a very good little actress, and I think they're entirely wrong. Um, oh, she's great. They're entirely wrong. She's yeah. great. Oh, it's those same people that just need to shut up and sit down. Um, it's probably the same people that are having issues with uh, the third sister. I haven't she's seen anything. Also great. That. I've just seen the official things, basically backhanding all the racist fans that are having backlash over her. Oh, I hadn't seen any of that. Well, that's too bad. I think I like her. I think she's doing a great job. Yeah, I she's saw a little Anton one directional Mount. right now. I saw well, Anton you kind of expect that up. though from the uh, from that character at this point. I think there could there's room for growth, but we'll yeah, see. yeah, it depends on what direction they go with it. Yeah, she's she's very driven. Yes. What were you saying, John? I saw Anson Mount over on the the, the Strange New World side had a a very uh, a very nice and diplomatic, you know. Uh, the, the the Star Trek folks are standing beside her, and it was it was it was it was well put, which I'm sure you know the Star Wars fans probably didn't appreciate being called out by a Star Trek actor. But <laughs> if, if you're going to behave that's, that way, you deserve right. to be called out. Some of them deserve yeah. that. They absolutely do. deserve it. Uh, I agree with you. I I, I was uh, enjoying it. I, after the first two, I don't know that I was enjoying it as much as uh, you know the Mandalorian. But it was certainly up there because any excuse to get Owen McGregor back as Obi Wan Kenobi was a good thing in my book, uh, <laughs> and I thought the, the 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 plot contrivance of this uh, kidnapping certainly didn't see that coming. Yeah, I did um, not see any of that coming either. Didn't didn't see Flea being involved. <laughs> that was cool when he showed up. <laughs> I mean, he's a but, bad guy, but I he showed up and that. Whoa, I hadn't seen him in a while. Of course, or he's rather, a bad guy. It's Flea. <laughs> It, it was it was a nifty way to get him off planet, so I, I thought that was uh, yeah. that was really kind of cool. But uh, no, it's 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 good. And uh, yeah, episode three, woo! We can't talk about it, but woo! <laughs> I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. What else you watch? 
Uh, we got out to go see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yay, what'd you think? It was pretty good. I didn't absolutely love it, but there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. All the multiverse hopping and all the stuff they did with that I thought was really cool. Not sure how I feel about what they did with Wanda, especially in the aftermath of WandaVision. It felt like they hadn't really watched that show before they wrote this or knew how that show was going to end. Because while we had that post credit scene, all of her motivations didn't feel warrant as warranted as they should have, considering the decisions she makes at the end of WandaVision. Yeah, so I, I that was the my big and I could talk about that last time we recorded because you hadn't seen it, but that that was my biggest complaint with the film is it it kind of undermines everything that happened in WandaVision, and yeah. so I I think what a, a better they on second viewing because I, I saw it twice on second viewing it it set with me a little better because they it is more obvious that it's the dark holds influence and they were springboarding off of that um, after credit scene from WandaVision. That's why that's placed where it is and, and why it's placed in the series at all. And it is a little more obvious on second viewing that it's, it's very much, she's under the control or influence of the dark hold. But I still think and 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 I I haven't postulated this with you guys, but I still think it would have been a better idea to have her believe that her kids were in danger, and that she was so driven and convinced that she had to go help and rescue them in another universe, that the influence of the Darkhold would have been I'd have been better with it because it would have been I'm doing anything to save my kids rather than. I'm going to go kidnap somebody else's kids. So I think, yeah. if, I think if they had framed it that way, they still could have had her make mistakes and go dark and do everything because she, number one will do, she's the dark hold has convinced her that her kids are, and, and it, I think it should be a ruse. I think it, it, it's not real that there are kids out there, but she should learn that, you know, recognize that these other kids are all have their own wand and they all have their own mom. But I think that if they had sold it that way, it might set a little better with me. But overall, that was probably my only complaint as I felt like the Wanda story went a, another direction than I think it could have. But I still, I, I still, I, I loved it. It was a great film. It's a lot of fun. And for everything that you said. Yeah. And the last act was a little, uh, it almost went a little too far for me. I don't know if it's just like there's always been the magic and like the dark aspect in the Marvel movies, but it's, I don't know. It's just while I applauded them for doing something different, it just didn't quite sit evenly with me. If that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. I was okay with it. I, I, you know, it's it's Sam Raimi. It was I didn't expect any less. I mean, it it starts as yeah. it starts out as Spider Man and it ends up as Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, or Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't like I didn't like it as much as the first one, but I I think my favorite part of it, other than the Illuminati, all the Illuminati nods, um, one of my favorite parts of it though was the the battle between Sinister Strange and him with the music notes. 
that yeah. was yeah, so that was cool. original and so inspired. I thought that that's you know if you're gonna do something different, that's what you do right there. And I had, yeah. I'd never seen anything like that before. It was so cool. I will take that all day, every day over a random power blast yeah. fight. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I really liked uh, America. I yeah. thought she was a great character, and I'm glad she's going to stick around. What did I see? I said uh, uh, I saw a uh, post that said, "Really, Marvel? You universe? You introduce the first Hispanic, Hispanic, or I guess Latino uh, superhero into the MCU, and she, her power is immigration." <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that will I guess if you think of it that that way, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it was in the comics. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, they didn't deviate, but... Did you do anything else? Watch anything else? No, that's been pretty much it. We finished up uh, Season 4, Part 1 of Stranger, uh, Stranger Things. How is it? It's really, really good this season. They, they've taken a different approach. Um... There's one story thread that I, I, I'm hoping that part two will do something a little better because there are some characters that I felt like didn't get really enough uh, this first half of the season. But uh, overall, it's it's really good. I'm 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 thinking that it's it's probably going to top last season for my favorite season. Uh, one and three have always been very close for the best season for me. But this one so far. I mean, it depends on where they go with it, uh, but there's a lot of they've they've built back on the the lore of they're doing a lot of lore building, and I really appreciate that because they're putting things together that we maybe did in in a unique way that we didn't quite see was going to be the lead up to this, and and they were doing a really fine job with it. So, mm. kudos to them. We started uh, Strange New Worlds. Got the first two episodes in. Is it good so far? It is extremely good. It's probably the most pure Star Trek since Star Trek. Oh, wow. It, it, I, I, and I was not expecting that to be my reaction. I mean, I was excited for the show, but yeah, wow, am I excited and up for this show. Oh, uh, it, it's, it's done phenomenally well. Anson Mount is killing it uh, as, as Pike. And uh, pretty much all of my complaints uh, about Discovery and some of the other uh, uh, new, new Trek uh, have evaporated. They, there's a couple of things in the pilot that I kind of questioned. Well, is this really prime timeline? Because that doesn't quite match up. And then they won me over by doing this nice, hopeful, beautiful science fiction Star Trek-y show, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. So I, I, I can't wait to to see where they continue to go. Well, that's cool. Did you I, watch Picard season two? We still haven't started Picard. Um, it's on the list. It's one that we want to get to. Nah, we haven't done any oh. of it yet. We stalled out on Discovery somewhere in uh, season three. We Again, we're planning on going back to it. We just haven't yet. 
Um, and I, I have friends that have watched Picard that kind of keep warning me off of it, saying, I know you, you won't like this. And I kind of <laughs> laugh and it's like, yeah, but it's Star Trek. So of course I'm going to watch it. And they're like, yeah, I know you, you won't like this. Um, but I, I refuse to be that pessimistic until I get into it. Um, and I'm, I'm still kind of hopeful that it won't be that. But then I read articles and I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like what they warned me about. Um <laughs> I don't think you'll like how it ends, which the very the very ending is what I had issues with, but the rest of it was good leading up to that. But yeah, it's it's, it's on the list. Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. Well, let's move on to our. We've got more news this week. That's you can you can tell there's things happening in the world of Doctor Who since uh, we keep getting news stories that we can react to. So, Keith, you want to uh, tell us what uh, the big news is this time? A couple of pieces. Yeah. David Tennant and Catherine Tate will be returning in the 60th show's 60th anniversary celebrations, playing Doctor, the Doctor and Donna. I'm super excited about that. I think that there's there's some mixed reaction to that because there's a lot of people that feel like, oh, well, we're, we're going backwards. And there's a lot of people that are like, you know, well, but but the tenant years were really good, especially with Donna. So you, we've got that going for them. I think it's a little better news now that we've had the casting announcement. And yes. we know for certain that David Tennant isn't returning as the 14th Doctor, although he may. I mean, they, he may regenerate into the fourth, 14th Doctor, and then Shooty ends up being the 15th Doctor. I don't know. They may do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little relieved that we're not getting a full season of Tennant, because while I completely enjoyed him as the Doctor, I think that would overshadow what's come before, so... I think it's really yep. cool that he they're coming back for the 60th anniversary, and you yes. know it's great because it's the 60th anniversary. Yes. Although I do feel kind of bad for Shooty because it's going to be, in theory, his first story, and, and he's going to be overshadowed most likely because David Tennant's back in the role, and that's all anyone's going to pay attention to. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm hoping that he balances it well enough that Shooty gets to really stand out and do his own thing and not be in David Tennant's shadow. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that while I think the 60th will be Shooty's first episode, I think it will be done in such a way that it'll be a, a, a Ten and Donna adventure and we won't wind up seeing Shooty until the end. I think it'll be kind of a, a quote-unquote proper regeneration episode that he'll come in at the end, and that'll set it up for the next season. I'm sort of just say they have reunited and are filming scenes that are due to air in 2023 to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary. So maybe they're just coming back for a bunch of short online adventures. Online adventures? Yeah, like webcasts. Oh, I, I maybe. Night of the Doctor show. Yeah. yeah. Maybe 
Uh, it doesn't say they're going to be in the 60th anniversary. It coincides with the 60th anniversary. Yeah, but don't, maybe... Uh, I, I think web series is a waste. It's a waste of bringing those two characters back if you're just going to do a web series to coincide. I think if it's coincided and isn't part of the 60th, it'll be televised. It just won't be oh, the quote-unquote... Won't be the quote-unquote 60th. Well, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But Paul McGann had been out of the picture for many years. Paul McGann is not the, the status of stardom that David Tennant is at this point. He doesn't have the following and fan base. So it was appropriate for that for that to be a web release because it was a little brief little, you know, okay, we're going to put a bow on, on this. Deservedly so. This is David Tennant and Catherine Tate. They're not, I don't think they're going to waste. I, I don't want to make it sound like they're it's a waste, but they don't think they're going to waste that talent by putting it, shoving it on some website and say, Oh, you can go see this here. I think it, I think they're looking at televised. They want eyes in front of screens and on the BBC for the 60th year. So while I agree, it may not be part of the 60th. I, I think it'll be still televised. We're not going to see web stuff. Now, that being said, I'm sort of in league with what Sean says. I think they are part of the 60th anniversary, but I think I agree with, him that we're going to get shooty at the end of the 60th if not sooner and what makes me say that is because i i from the rumblings it sounds like jody regenerates into shooty so mm -hmm. i think that shoots down the rumors that david Tennant will it be the de facto 14th doctor and then shooty's the 15th doctor um which is a lot of people are saying. I, I'm not sure that that's how that's going to go, but I, I do subscribe to Sean's theory that there's going to be sort of this side story that goes on and focuses on the nostalgia of it all, and then we focus on uh, Shooty as the future. So that's just my impression. But that said, I, I'm excited to see David Tennant take, Tennant take on the role. I'm, I'm always excited when he records Big Finish stuff. I'm so glad he is because I get really excited when a new Tennant story comes out because he just he he embodies the Doctor so well, and I would be just as excited if uh, Matt Smith or uh, Peter Capaldi returned to the role in audio as well. But I just I'm so glad that David Tennant still willing to step in there and do it as frequently as he does. And I was really excited that it was David Tennant and Catherine Tate. It wasn't David Tennant and Billy Piper are back. It's no a, a better pairing than that. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go there any, either. <laughs> Keith and I have I'm, differing I'm, opinions, but <laughs> I'm sure your, 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 your relief over it not being Billy Piper has nothing to do with your <laughs> disdain of Rose. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. Nothing to do with it. Although speaking of Rose, we are getting another Rose. A Rose by any other name. Yasmin Finney's joining the cast for a character uh, that's going to be a part of the 60th, it seems, playing the role of Rose, and they're being very cagey. In fact, the quote from uh, Russell T. Davies is, how can there be another Rose? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a common name, Russell. That's how it can be, another Rose. You know, you know this... what's interesting, though, is that for as 
we're, we're dealing with 60 years of Doctor Who. And whether by accident or design, the Doctor has not picked up too many companions with the same name. That's true. I mean, when you think about it, how many, how many people in your lives, how many Bobs do you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, it seems like at, at this point with as much traveling as he's done, law of averages would dictate that he's run into another so-and-so at this point. Well, he's and had two, he, he, he's had two Dorothy's. Yeah. I mean, they I mean neither, neither one of them went by Dorothy, stuff. but they both were Dorothy's. <laughs> Even including the big finish stuff, I think we've had two Amy's now. But, but overall, there aren't many of them out there. So, I'm you sorry, know, I, heard it happening. I, 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 so I have to wonder, and I, this may just be wild speculation, but I have to wonder if just by Russell T. Davies saying that there should be a Doctor Who multiverse. It makes me wonder because he's he's always likened the fact that that well at, at least franchise wise uh, it should be you know spinoffs and things like that he's always said that but he's also dropped the words multiverse a couple of times and I sort of wonder if maybe this might be a way for him to kind of play with that multiversal idea and if that's the case maybe this is set in an alternate timeline or an alternate universe and this rose is a variant of the rose that we know I don't know. Well, and because multiverses are so popular right now, I could totally right. see that happening, right. cashing in on that that popularity. And that could also explain how David Tennant and Catherine Tate are back. That could right. be an alternate universe version of the Doctor and Donna. And Donna hasn't either had her mind wiped or doesn't have to have her mind wiped because they go through different events. So, I mean, if he does the multiverse, it opens up the, the can of worms to do any absolutely anything. Right in this in this parallel universe, perhaps there was never a Doctor Dono event, so there was no need exactly. to wipe her brain. It's true. Good point. Do do we want a multiverse in Doctor Who? We have a multiverse in Doctor. Yeah, Who. I just, I we that Pizza was already <laughs> yeah that was already established. Well, I that, well, he did this already. <laughs> even to a point, I mean, you could count E space as multiverse. You could count. Um, in space as multiverse. So I guess what I'm saying is that any time that it has happened, when, when you look at there, there are a handful of times we've got Pete's world, we've got Inferno, we've mm -hmm. got E space, which technically could be considered a pocket universe as something else. Um, and in space, but, but you know, you, you can still count on one hand out of 60 years of Doctor Who, the, the number of times that it's really been a, an alternate universe. And, 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 well, okay, and the Unbound. But <laughs> it, it's it's also primarily, at least within the show proper, it's always kind of been frowned upon. It's always been... Has it? Yeah. They, 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 frowned they, upon. Well, they, they, they've kind of made it clear that, that crossing over into another dimension is dangerous. Or that it's 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 wildly unpredictable, or that it shouldn't happen, or that you know these these things are are closed off for reasons. You know that even even the web of time that we play with, like it's not a big deal. Oh, we don't do the the universe thing. You know what I mean? 
That yeah. It's always, I mean, the doctor had to burn out a star to close down the, the dimensional gateway over into Pete's world. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a big deal. And so to suddenly, and, and Chibnall has now given us well, this, oh yeah, we're going to do the thing. So <laughs> I, I guess what I'm asking is, do we suddenly want to bridge that gap and say, oh yeah, you can, you can cross universes and it's not a big deal. If, if let's say, first of all, your, your argument is moot because there's been a lot that has happened just recently in the last several years that they, that has been rule breaking for Dr. Who. So you can't say anymore that, well, we've always kind of said that this doesn't work. Well, too bad. We also said that there were no previous doctors in Brain of Morbius, but aha, look what we've done. So I don't, I don't think that's off the table at all, and I don't think it would. Be, I mean, it might be considered pandering because that's what's popular now. But I have, I, I don't think that's off the table. And the other reason why I say that I'm into it or for it is because if it expands us into new and original and different storytelling and gives us something fresh and new that I'm all for it. If it ends up being the same stagnant or in fact, I would rather this be a multiverse version of 10 and, and Donna because I don't want it to just be another 10 and Donna story, you know, slipped in. Those are okay. Sometimes those are great for big finish, but I don't want to see that necessarily in the series. So I think, by shuttling them off and saying, okay, we can do something different. We can be imaginative. We can do what Big Finish did with Unbound, where we, we all, you know, there's so many possibilities available now because we haven't constrained ourselves to the timeline. Then I think that that works. If it works, if they can make it work, then I'm all for it. Didn't Tetuan or whatever her name was in Flux? When she was talking about, you know, bridging over to the new well, she, universe. She was, was already that, in a different universe, yeah. Or she was between was universes. It, she was between the universes. But didn't she talk about that one being kind of like a multiverse? Like it was a duplicate universe that yeah, had all the same people in it? Yeah, I think they, they talked about the theory of parallel universes and that they, the two the two that she was sandwiched between was, yeah, basically uh, another, an alternate universe. So Chibnall's already laid the groundwork for yeah. us. That's what's gonna happen, Sean. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get a zombie doctor, so I think it'll be all right. <laughs> Let's hope not. That's one of the only multiverse things that I don't care for so much for. Yeah. I didn't mind the Doctor Strange. I didn't mind that one, but you know, Defender Strange became a zombie thing. That was okay. I was fine with that because there was a reason for that. They're, but they're but the the, the the zombies episode of the what if? Yeah, what if I I. They did that because the comic series was so popular. Well, yeah. you knew they were going to do that. They yeah, of course they were. Of course they were. They gave I themselves say, license though, the, to do anything is what they did. The, the the ending of that episode was, wow. For for being the, uh, okay, here's the zombie episode. We had to do the zombie episode. I'll, we'll, I'll suffer through the zombie. And then it went where it went at the end. And it, it got dark. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. But. I digress. Anyway. They, they almost all went dark at the end for the most part, but that one did go except, exceptionally dark. That's true. What if was a little, uh, it was not a happy ray of sunshine. No, <laughs> not really, really at all. Was not. I'll be interested to see what they do with it. And, um, I'm excited for the announcements that have come so far. Um, I mean, we can, we can go with the old standard, uh, 
what was it? What was the fifth Doctor story? Axis of Insanity, the one where they established that the there's a place where all of the um, aborted timelines aborted timelines end up, kind of like, yeah. like sort of like um, uh, Loki, the end of Loki with the, mm-hmm. the Nexus. Anyway, I'm I'm excited. We'll see what's going on. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, well, let's uh, move on to our reviews. Beneath the Viscoid. On the ocean planet Gardeza, deep beneath the Viscoid, a mysterious capsule is recovered from the Time War. An equally mysterious stranger found within. The Doctor's reputation precedes him. Even here. But can he be trusted? Um... Let me... Yeah, Okay, you go ahead. You well, go. I was to say, let me let me just say there. I am I'm of two minds of this, and it's because of the way that we've done this. If this had been <laughs> as the first as the first master store war master story, this is a good story, and it's a good mm-hmm. setup to bring him back. It's it's neat that they have discarded that his you know his capsule is discarded at the bottom of this ocean world they're going to use this they've discovered it and they're going to use the energy as a weapon against the daleks that are attacking him pretending to be the doctor all of that is is great and it's great storytelling the the problem that and it's not even a problem one of the things that has going against it for the way we've done it is we've had much better stories now because they uh, uh, jacoby's gotten his footing uh the writers have kind of found uh, the balance, striking the balance between malice and uh, intrigue as far as the War Master goes. And so they've done a really good job that this seems like a more saccharine War Doctor, even though he, you know, he's still up to his mischievous deeds and, and, and misdirection and, and uh, you know, uh, fooling people and to, to his own uh, benefit. But, it, you know, just from where we've been and what we've heard, it kind of knocks it down a level. But I thought overall it was a good story. It was an interesting story. It's I think I'm hoping that in the uh, the overall arc when we when we finished the box set of these, because we, this is only the first one in the in the box set of four uh, for only the good that we've done. And the, and the reason we did that obviously is because of the placement of the timeline we're using. When we get into that more, I think maybe if if they do connect, although they don't feel like they're going to necessarily connect so much in this first book set, they, it really feels like maybe they're all going to be standalone stories. Um, but maybe that will uh, maybe maybe I'll be a little more impressed by this story once we've heard those other three stories. But I understand why we did this, and I and it it it, it does, and I wondered how it would, but it does make sense so far as to where this timeline placed it. 
And mm-hmm. as to why we now jump back over to the second half of the first uh, Time Lord box set because of the way that this sort of ends. So, uh, again, I, I, I enjoyed this story. I thought the concept concepts in it were good. I sort of felt that the... I, I wish I could remember the, the race of people that were being run overrun by the Daleks and they were, they, you know... I the idea of using this device that they've found with this, you know, power that she's, uh, you know, trying to figure out what it is when they going to, they're going to ram it up the, uh, <laughs> Daleks pipe hole <laughs> and blow them up. Uh, I thought I it was where a, you were going with that. <laughs> it was, it was an inspired, uh, concept. And I, I thought it was cool, but like I say, it, it just gets knocked back a little bit based on the fact that we've heard some other stories that I, I felt were much better. What I liked about the story was the connective threads to it. Yeah. The fact of how much it ties into the last box set we listened to of where it left the War Master, which is, considering this is the first one that came, I don't believe that they had written that or had a, a full plan. I think they just thought, okay, this will be cool, and then retroactively wrote the other box set, which elevates that one a little bit for me and the fact that they were able to sync that up so well and then getting it to line up with where we go in Gallifrey I really appreciated that and thought that was good the rest of it is just kind of a a kind of a standard war master story of okay he's plotting he's scheming he's using these people to get his TARDIS back okay that's the end game and he's gonna do what it takes to do it and that's fine uh, you know, honestly, I think I have the opposite reaction. I thought the story itself was fine. I, I, I enjoyed um, the War Master being the War Master and masquerading as the Doctor, and it kind of, kind of gave us yet another in that uh, possible. Well, this is what happened while uh, you know, this, this is why the computer was trying to kill the Eighth Doctor in that one uh, episode because of all these horrible things that he's been repu- re- reported to have done. Um. But the, the, the timey-wimey nature of the story, even knowing that this would have been the first one to have come out in the set, um, and how it's structured, that we're kind of dropped into the middle of the story, uh, and, and it's, it's kind of in the middle of two stories in a way, because you're, 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 you're dropped into the middle of this story, which is coming on the heels of a previous story, that fit into the middle of another story. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so I, I don't think that that was, Oh yeah, we're just going to write around that. I, I feel like they definitely had to have had a plan, uh, at least an outline at work for how the, the, the timey wimey nature of it was, was going to go, but I don't know that it was necessary. Um, sometimes I think big finish does these kind of things because they can, and sometimes I think they're a little too clever about it. Um, and there's something to be said for a straightforward narrative, even within a time travel environment. Um, and, and, and certainly, you know, Stephen Moffat never mounted a time paradox he didn't like, but he did it well. And, and, and this one just kind of feels like it was done out of order for the sake of doing it out of order, which this timeline attempts to rectify. But by putting it where it does, in a way, I feel, as Glenn said, it kind of robs some of the agency of the fact that, well, we've heard better stories previously, at least uh, performance-wise. So the story itself wasn't bad, but 
knowing that you're listening to some parts, but which have, you know, are, are literally repeated. It's like, Oh yeah, we, we, yeah, you know, I see where you're going with this. And I, I felt like that kind of detracted from this one because it was now being shoehorned in to make sense of where the placement of it would go. Um, but the, the, the story itself uh, of, of the fish people being, you know, abused by the Daleks and then the master taking advantage of that and pushing even further. I thought that part was fine. I, I enjoyed that part of it. Um, surprisingly, the end of it, when he um, offs the, the one survivor, I, I kind of grimaced a little bit at, at the, the cold-blooded nature of it. And I don't know why. Because it's the master. He's fully capable of being the psychotic well, <laughs> murderer. He's done it before, and he's done it before in the just in the box sets we've already reviewed. Yeah, I mean, he's be more he's, surprised if he didn't. Right, he, he's right. done it before. He will do it again. But for whatever reason, it struck me as like, ah, that was horrible, and uh, I don't know why. <laughs> well, that was the only thing that felt comfortably familiar with this war doctor that I've, I've I have was the fact that the the end is so sinister. I think part of that is why he's not as sinister as the, the means to an end and the fact that, you know, he is pretending to be well, the doctor sure, again. Sure. I, I think I would have to disagree, Sean. I don't think that they went into this knowing how they were going to write around it. I think they went into this with a story because I, I agree that it, I agree with Keith that it feels like it connects well coming out of the box that we just listened to i disagree with you that it feels like it it's shoehorned in here because i don't think it does i think somebody sat down and wrote a story and they had all these parts and pieces and they said well we'll tell this story and then if this goes well we'll come back and and wrap it or we'll wrap around it and i think that's probably where they went with it but I, I feel like this story, had we listened to it first, I don't feel like I would have felt like we were necessarily dropped in the middle of the story because we are very, very familiar just from the TV series that the time war happened, that the Daleks were involved, that the Master at some point was involved because of where he ends up uh, at the end of the universe. He ran from the war, the, the time war. So we, we know all of that. We, we can formulate in our minds enough uh, from the evidence we know of to make this a, oh, okay, well, this is where the master's been uh, during this, and this is, he's, this is how he gets plucked out and ends up getting drawn into the war. And so I thought that having if we'd listened to this first, that would have made sense in that, that, that way. Um, I think they did. I think the reason maybe it feels shoehorned is because maybe it connects too well because they knew what they had to write too, rather than writing something and then continuing on a story. They said, okay, well we have to now get from point A to point B because we've already written point B. And so maybe that's why it feels shoehorned because maybe it just, there was too much connectivity. Maybe it, they, they forced it a little bit. I, I don't feel that way, but maybe that, maybe you sense that or see that. Um, but I, I disagree that this was, orchestrated i think they sat down and they said look somebody come up with a good war master story this is what they had it was popular people loved it and they said and and jacoby wanted to come back so they said well let's build on this and they they built both directions on it and that's, yeah, and that's definitely the case i think because the gallifrey at least 
this this box set was recorded in April 2017, and uh, the Gallifrey that it ties to, um, it looks like it, it was released in 2018. So even that direction, just going into Gallifrey, they wrote the, obviously wrote the War Master story and then said, okay, well, let's buy it in after the fact. Yeah, and I think that's why these two will feel like they are written uh, uh, yeah, sequentially. Well, let's move on to the uh, next. Or did anybody? I'm sorry. Did anybody else have anything on that one to conclude? I think we all kind of agreed it was a pretty good story. Um, let's move on to the next story, which is um, the second half of uh, Gallifrey Time War. The devil you know. The Time War has begun in earnest, and Romana must think the unthinkable for. Um, a most dangerous mission. She selects the most dangerous warrior, the master, but he will not be alone. Leela accompanies her old enemy as they begin an unusual interrogation. What does Finian Valentine know? And can Leela and the master ever truly be on the same side? Sean, you don't like this one because Leela was dispatched. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you won't get a bump, bump, bump. Because <laughs> um, we don't know what happened to Leland. You know, but what, I do. <laughs> you know what's interesting is the the story of this one was was kind of meh. I, I I could take it or leave it. I I didn't find the the the, the fracturing of this individual into two identical parts that had different timelines was kind of a cool idea, but then I didn't feel like it went anywhere or that they did anything inventive with it. We were just going to interrogate them as, as two different individuals. Uh, and then the master is going to kill one of them anyway. So it, it just kind of became, well, then why bother doing it? If, if we're not going to, if it's not essential to the plot, if it doesn't wind up having a cool MacGuffin or then, then why bother? Um, so th that part of it all was kind of there. The master and Leela stuff was great. Yeah. I enjoyed the two of them kind of playing off of each other and Leela psychoanalyzing him. And, you know, you know, I met your previous husk. You're not like him. <laughs> so, and, uh, all, 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 all of that was wonderful. The ending very much, again, I don't know why <laughs> took me by surprise. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I was, you know, I should have seen it coming. Uh, and then I was quite shocked that uh, the, the, he, you know, hucked her out into the vortex. And that was very, uh, um, I don't want to say off-putting. Um, it was exciting and uh, uh, thrilling. And yes, I'm concerned and worried. <laughs> and uh, then we got a, a, another episode to kind of suffer through. And it's like, well, no, why is nobody talking about where Lila went? Why are we dealing with politics as usual on Gallifrey? Leela is missing people. Call out the Chancellery Guard. We have to search for her. Um, but I, I assume she'll show up again at some point in time because, you know, she's Leela. It's not like, it's not uh, like yeah. a, a salamander, you know. She... <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'll go next because I, I almost agree with every point you've made. And in fact, I could almost mirror everything you said. Uh, the one thing I would interject, though, was, well, I thought that the, the story was kind of uh, mundane and 
run of the mill. I, I thought it was interesting to have a device that, that basically splintered somebody's timeline. It's It's been done before where we have two entities from the same timeline sharing, but I, I kind of thought that was a neat concept and enabled to be able to give us, you know, both sides of the coin with Leela being the good and, and the master being the bad. I think that made that work. And I think that's why their interactions uh, work so well is because we're able to pull each other away and then confer in between while those things are going. And, but everything else I agree with. And I was, I was completely caught off guard and Keith may be able to foreshadow a little bit and I may, hopefully maybe he doesn't, but what this felt like to me though, all in all was a, it feels like they're moving players off of the board while they set up the meat and, and center of the, of the time war, because we just dispatched of ACE in the last story, mm-hmm. who's been a, 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 at least a running character prior to this. We've now dispatched Leela uh, in this story, who has been a prior character, you know, running in the, in the uh, Gallifrey series. So it, it when that happened on the heels of now it has been months since we listened to it but on the heels in release order of them I doing the same to ace that, yeah. i sort of felt like they're moving the players off the board because i think it's almost like these are sacred characters that we really need to move away from the conflict that's going to happen and i sort of feel like well, like, oh, well, I'll talk about it when we get to the next one. But I, and that's how, that's how it's at least felt to me. And that may not be the case, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, the story itself was kind of, it, it was fine. It wasn't great. What was great about it was the interactions between the Master and Leela. And at the end of the story, it did feel like what you said, Glenn. It felt like them moving pieces to get not only Ace and Leela gone, but to kind of isolate Romana from you know so in her so what they could do with future stories that they want to do where she doesn't have any not necessarily baggage but no allies to to help her go through these challenges um and it also felt like I I could have sworn at some point somebody asked Russell T Davies well what about Leela and Romana during the time war or Leela and Ace during the Time War, something along those lines, and he made some mention of, well, they're not on Gallifrey. So it felt like Big Finish took it upon themselves to go, okay, well, let's get them off Gallifrey since we're doing Time War stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I knew that uh, he said that uh, Romana was not president at the time of the Time War, but I, I did not know that about the other two, so I, that makes sense. I could, be, I could be misremembering it. I could be thinking of the, the Romana quote, but... Uh, you know, it feels like they, and it feels logical, especially with the first story they did with the refugees and where they took those, those characters, or what they did with that, and wound up kicking them out. Also, yeah, um, it makes sense that they would tighten their borders and keep non-Gallifreyans off of Gallifrey during yeah. the time war. Sure, well, so it, it, all, it all makes sense, but it's still a gut punch because yeah. we love these characters so much. Yeah, as you said, Glenn, knowing. You know, going from point A to point B, knowing that these characters are on Gallifrey and part of the proceedings at this point in the timeline, and then getting to the end of the time war and knowing that Gallifrey is either A, going to be destroyed or B, locked into a status bubble and and thrown into another universe somewhere, these characters are going to wind up dead. Yeah. So we either have to kill them (laughs) in in the time war, which nobody really wants to see happen. Or we have to get them out of harm's way in some way, shape, or form. 
And so th this is kind of a convenient way to do that is even, even if it leaves their, their fate up in the air at this point, at least we, to, uh, we can come back to it. So they've been different peril to keep them out of the other peril. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't we have just a little bit more peril? <laughs> of course, uh, I saw the cover of, uh, I, I won't ruin it for anybody, but I saw the cover of, uh, Big Finish is one of their most recent releases that's coming out. And, <laughs> and so I do know that, that we're not done with Layla Leila yet. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to tip my hand. But <laughs> I can remember how far you got in a certain range either. So mm. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> not, not there yet. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, not there yet. You guys yet. are so cute. <laughs> I know Sean has not listened to it. So he yeah. especially is taking great pleasure in this. Don't think I don't know that. <laughs> after after years of the podcast of hearing about Trocken, I, I know that you are all over this right now. You don't know what's coming in Big Finish, do you? <laughs> well, let's move on to the next well, that, one because I, I means that there is some adventures between what I know and this that yeah. I was not aware of. Sure. Uh, well, let's move on to the next one because there was another element to this that sort of makes me that, that, that emboldens my theory. So go ahead. Desperate measures. A, the Dalek Emperor attacks a vital Time Lord outpost. Victory would be a devastating blow to Gallifrey. Romana is caught up in the machinations of a president who sees control slipping away. Is it time to begin? Time to bargain with the War Council, or perhaps to parlay with even more dangerous parties. The time war has barely begun, and for Gallifrey, desperate times are already here. Bum, bum, bum! No. No. <laughs> no, and it, it's just no. because... Yes, because... The, the ending is a bum, bum, bum. The, the rest of yes, it is I, I'll, of, I will, uh, I will 100%, 100% give you that. If I could just give the ending a bum, 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 I agree. The The problem is that the we should let Keith go first because we haven't <laughs> let him go for some oh. of these yet. But the problem with this is we have now... And Sean, you said it earlier. We've devolved back into politics on Gallifrey. And I know that, that there are people that like that more than I do. It's just not my thing. It just, I feel like there's so much of this like espionage and back room things and, uh, you know, political machinations. And it just, it, there's too much of that. I just don't care about that. And it also, again, emboldened my theory that they were moving players off the board because we know that Leela's not president and I thought they had rectified that by putting her in charge of the CIA and we know that Rassilon, come, Rassilon comes back to power that's not a surprise the way they get there I thought was cool and I will give this story that much credit but Everything leading up to that, I was just—it was a yawn fest. It was a—it was almost. I—I I know what's going to happen here. Le, uh, uh, Ramana is not going to win this. Uh, it is going to be this crazy war guy that's going to win this thing, or this this election that he's going to be president because he's the Donald Trump of everything. He's the people's president. You know, he, he's the one that's that's in the trenches, the everyday man. And so I sort of—I I just. 
I got bored with this story because I thought, okay, just get to the end. I want to, I want to know what all this setup is about. And this, the, the, the setup again, the payoff from the setup is really cool, but just getting there, I, I was just bored to tears. What's frustrating about it is we've gone through all of these war master stories where there's the war or at least a tertiary part of it. And this, there's the war, but we don't do any part of it. There's some big battle that's going on, and we see none of the action. We just hear reports about it. And so after all of these actual adventures to hear the politics and the talking about the war is dull and boring. Yeah. And then there's the political maneuverings that if you're not paying super close attention, you kind of miss, and it feels like they jump all over the place also. So it, it, it feels a little uneven and uh, inconsistent in what they're doing well, all just to get to Rassalon's return, which how they did it was very cool and very clever, but it was getting there was the frustration. And I'm not advocating for making this story any longer, but there is time jumps that really sort of make it feel rushed, and I think that's what makes it feel disconnected at times. Yeah, that could be. Maybe I just like the political maneuvering more than you guys do, but I think you're crazy. Well, I think you do. Um, I you I mean you've you've expressed that in other stories that we reviewed, certainly. Uh, I I I can I can see where you're coming from with the, the, the time jumps because yes, that did make it feel a little chaotic. Um But it's wartime, and I don't think that's any more or less chaotic than other stories where, you know, we're, we're dropped in the middle of things and kind of expected to keep up um, with this one. I, I thought the, the pacing of the, the political maneuvering, I thought it was moving at a, I thought it moved well. I thought it, it, it set up the dangers of what were happening and the, the factions within the Gallifreyan government and, the frustrations certainly that Romana was feeling that, you know, we, we have so much bigger fish to fry and yet these people are playing these petty little political games and why can't they see, you know, the bigger picture. And then the, the kind of uh, immediate bombshell that's dropped that uh, Libya wants to get out that she she feels she's not cut out for this and uh you know i want to escape with my reputation intact how do i do it and uh you know narvin and Lila, uh, romana kind of go oh well, all right well here here's the we do it this way and the the, the you know they, they they think they've got this victory and it doesn't wind up going that way which Admittedly, they probably should have foreseen that it was yet another trap, but you know, just, I, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we go through this sham election, and I'll be honest, up until the end of it, I still wasn't quite sure where in the timeline it was set, because I think this is the, I could be wrong, if I, maybe I'm misremembering, but I think this was the first one where they kind of finally referenced the fact that she was a former president. Uh, no, the the first story in this box set, they talked about it. Did they? Okay. Yeah, because she was talking oh. about. Well, during your reign, you're not president anymore. That the when the whole when the the new gal is. Uh, oh, that's the, right. Yeah, they had the whole conversation. 
because I, I, I'm still I still get confused as to where Romana's at in her her thing with you know well, did she do the CIA thing before she was president or after so th- this helped solidify that for me but I'm old so <laughs> the fact that she was rerunning and willing to to re-regenerate and it was like well okay obviously this isn't going to work because we know that Lala the Word's not going anywhere at least not yet so what's the catch and then to get to that moment and I, I thought it was very clever to to set up the idea of this you know resurrection engine that we've started pulling these dead time lords out of hawk and putting them back into the fight but we're doing it on the hush hush and we know according to the 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 tv show this is this is one of i think this is probably what i appreciated about it the most is that the tv show gave us rats on back which we all agree is such a monumentally cool whoa and yet in typical tv show fashion we're not even remotely going to explain how it worked. The master coming back, we kind of write off as, well, he always comes back. So, you know, the fact that we've seen him die multiple times and then he shows up again a couple seasons later, we just kind of write it off anymore. We, we, we don't expect an answer to that one. But Rassilon, that's kind of a big deal. You know, we've met the dude's ghost, and so bringing him back into a flesh and blood body, but then not to talk about it kind of was a, even for Doctor Who terms, it was like a, hmm, I wonder how they did it. And so to go through and give us this story where we get all of this set up to get to this moment where it was like, this is how we're going to do it. I enjoyed that. I for For me, that was, maybe it was, Maybe it was all, you know, fan waving. I, I, I didn't care. It was, it was worth set up to get to that moment for me, to, to, to go aha, and, and, and have that. What a clever bit of, you know, we're going to put the, the crown on you, and then channel all this through the matrix to do the thing. Um, I love the, the. the bit where uh, we recognize the key of Rassilon is still missing. Um, uh, you know, leaning back to Tom Baker's uh, uh, coronation. Um, but just just to get to that moment, and this is how we're bringing Rassilon back. And all of that was this great crescendo of, you know, this build up to that moment. An immediate disappointment that it wasn't Timothy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. I mean, I get it. He's probably going to be there for a while and have a couple of rejections, but still, how cool would that have been? But um, I, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't surprised by it not being him because that would have oh, been that would have been a big. Well, that would have been a big announcement. Big finish would have. That would have been something they'd have said, and they've never said. They've never announced Timothy Dalton returning as Rassilon or even doing anything with big finish. So I knew by the end of this, that there, there was no way that they were going to pull a surprise because they would not be able to ever get a big name like that and not go, Hey, look who we got. (laughs) So, so, and so every time, even with, uh, 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 Eric Roberts, I mean, (laughs) he's, he's not even on the same tier as, uh, Timothy Dalton. And, and they announced him coming, returning to the role of the master. So, 
uh, which would have been equally, know, as, I, which I, would I have been equally hope of being surprised. Well, which would have been equally <laughs> as cool if they'd have just, you know, stepped out and oh wait, is that Eric Roberts? You know, that, things like that would be cool from the perspective of the story, but also from the perspective of capitalism and sales, they want people to come running when they make these announcements, and so that's why yeah. they do it. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all. I. Still, plus later they announced they announced Richard Armitage that comes in and does right because in fact that's future story so they get a big name right. eventually and they announce that far in advance right so and that's that's who's I think still currently as they're releasing is playing Rassilon in the series so and I can't wait to get to his stuff yeah 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 but uh, no for like I said for me it was you know yes it was totally fan fiction. It was somebody sitting down going, how do we get from point A to point B? Give me a rationale to do it and then go write a story on it. And we went, okay. And then they did. And I was like, yep, I'm here for this. <laughs> I, just, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of it. And the fact that they went there and that they pulled it off and they gave me the pathway to get, I was like, you know what? This could have been a crappy story and I still would have been okay with it. I'd have been, I'd have been extremely happy with the fact that we got this moment fact that it had the political intrigue and everything that led up to it nah that's icing on the cake man that was cool <laughs> so maybe 10 years from now i'll go back and re-listen to it and say you know what guys you were right it wasn't very good for right now i'm riding high <laughs> i i thought it was cool i think other the other thing that uh, the the lineage thing, having the certain guy hooking him up, that the Matrix, the crown thing, that was all cool. Although the resurrection engine was not a surprise to me. And even though the te television series didn't tell us about the resurrection engine, we knew at least from, well, I can't remember if you did it. May, uh, Keith and I read it and reviewed it while you were gone on vacation one time. But we did um, Engines of War which uh, addresses the resurrection engine as well. In fact, it's being used in a different way in order to, uh, well, I, I don't want to spoil anything. If, if that's, that's the, the man, yeah. that's the man novel, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 No, I, I, I've read that. You did. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, he's using it. I caught and up he, on that he's, one. he's uh, got uh, Barusa in a recycled, uh, loop basically in order to power the thing so we knew that that existed prior and we knew that that is what was used in order to bring well previous time lords and then uh, rassilon ultimately we just didn't know how it came about which is what this kind of feels fills in the 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 uh the gap in the stories there for us so when as soon as they started talking about the resurrection engine i said i i knew that oh that's where this is heading we're right. bringing rassel on back yeah i i sort of suspected i, I didn't know that how, the how they were going to do it i didn't know it was going to be as no. cool as how they did it but i i felt i felt they were either on the path i wasn't sure it would be the cliffhanger of this one or if it would be in the next box set where he shows up but it's a little bit of both yep well and the other thing that i i guess and maybe this is a weird mental state to be in, I guess, but you know, cause obviously we've always said Canon is kind of what you make of it. Mm -hmm. In, in my mind, there are tiers of Canon when it comes to Dr. Who there's the, the, the television series is kind of the, the final word on the matter of Canon and then slightly below it, but still Canon in my mind is big finish. Mm -hmm. And then below that would be, 
novels and comics and you know other assorted media where it's like these are canon if you can make them fit but they don't necessarily hold the same weight as uh, an audio story (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why my brain categorizes things in that manner but it does it's like well if there's an actor involved then it it, it has more more oomph to it i would i would sort of agree except for i think i would put bbc sanctioned books between official novels. official yeah. and big finish and or the television and yeah official books and big finish but then i think like novels go back into a tier below that because then you've got like licensed novels like uh, virgin uh penguin those kind of things so well, i guess penguin is is still even bbc books sanctioned sanctioned stuff but but i would agree with you sean i there are levels of you know and at the at the very bottom is certainly um tv comedy <laughs> Action comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, but they still, but they're still part of the canon. So, <laughs> and, and maybe that's just the years and years and years of reading the Star Trek novel that did that to me. But it, it just, <laughs> you know, it, it it fits in with that mindset. So reading it in the book and going, oh, the resurrection engine, but then hearing it in the, that that's different. Uh, you know, that carries more weight. I don't know why, mm. it just does. So, now I, I do have a question. So, the. Uh, what was the name of this uh, occlusion that they were in? This uh, the Kyphos occlusion. This was not the same thing that Braxitel went off to defend. No, uh-uh. it was a different mm-hmm. occlusion, a different uh, nebula sector of galaxy space that the Daleks were invading. Right? Yes, that was my impression. Okay. I wonder it, 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 maybe if it was meant to be part of the reason that he went there to attempt to defend it. And then I was like, oh, well, that would be kind of cool if it was part of the, you know, the reason that they were able to destroy the thing and blow up the Dalek ships is because he was there. But it didn't quite fit. But yeah, eh, never mind. It was nice that he showed up to save uh, Narvin. Yeah. Yeah. You know another reason this one rocks? Valerian wants to start using bowships. <laughs> yeah, pull the bullships back into service. <laughs> that, 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 that right there, five stars, man. <laughs> what are you going to do, stab the Daleks with them? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you launch a bolt that big, that hard, that fast at a Dalek casing, <laughs> the Dalekanium's not going to stop it. <laughs> I, would pay, I, would pay, I would pay to see that. <laughs> Anything else on this one before we uh, start to finish up our shoe? All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up? I wish I had better reasons for liking it. I I feel very inadequate trying to defend the story other than just, I I feel like Marge. I just think they're neat. (laughs) That's all right. Sometimes it's okay just to think they're neat. Yeah. That's where I'm going to fall down on this one. (laughs) What do we got coming up on the schedule? Ah, well, coming up on the schedule, more Gallifrey. A time war two box set all four stories so continuing on with uh lord rassel on president eternal and uh how he's gonna muck things up as he surely will 
um, followed by uh, some more War Master with Killing Time, which I believe is uh, the War Master 6. Um, and then we're going to jump all the way back to the War Master 1 and finish off with 2, 3, and 4, the last three stories of the first box set of the War Master, only the good. And that will end Act 1 of the Time War, which really seems a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big act. It's a big it, act. It is a big act, yeah. It's the biggest act, if I'm the, not, uh, the, not the next, mistaken. The next two are smaller, but as they keep releasing stuff, <laughs> I keep shoving things into our timeline here. So we'll see how it we'll see how it pans out. The, the, the longer it takes us to do this, the more materials are going to get shoved in here. So true all so right that, that, that is what is on deck we all keep my true believers yeah, that's right keep track of what's going on on our website travelingthevortex.com there you can download episodes of the show and also keep up with what we are uh reviewing and if you get any value out of this podcast why not put some back into it uh you can do that by uh clicking on the patron link on our website consider supporting us thank you to those who already are also please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast and make sure to join in the conversation in our listeners forum on facebook anything else before we close this show if not until next time i'm glenn i'm sean i'm keith cheers good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who podcast network.